Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in and touch everyone now. God, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us, oh God. Hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. God, that you would bring forth revelation, that you would bring forth insight and a new understanding, God, and that, God, how you're doing it in this season, how you're pulling the word of God together, and I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, I pray. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, you brought this, I brought this to my house. And I didn't know God was going to make this a three-part series. In this season, the enemy is within. A lot of times, coming into the place that you understand what you really done, a lot of times the people of God, they so busy jumping and shouting, they so busy doing all of these things that they don't understand the scriptures. And the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, or should I say my people perish for lack of revelation and an understanding of who Jesus Christ is and what his coming was truly about. It was just not about coming that you may be blessed and you can do whatever you want and yet you can name it and claim it. There's rules and regulations and we don't understand some things what God is saying. What God said, that's exactly what he says. He does not add nothing to it. He does not take anything away. You got to eat the whole book in this hour. In this season, the enemy is within. We're going to be talking about King David. We're going to be talking about somebody that's very uh, instrumental in a lot of good things. But we're going to be talking about one of the things that caused David something very, very um, to happen to his house. A lot of times we don't understand what God is saying, we would think that sometimes because we're doing the work of God that there's still not consequences and there's still not judgment that comes behind when you step outside of the will. You can do the will of God spiritually, but yet you can step outside of the will of God naturally. And a lot of times we don't understand these things and we walk into a place of ignorance and sometimes you can walk so far away from God naturally that you don't understand that the work that you're doing spiritually is not mounting to any Anything because you got to understand something. Sin has a heavy weight when you continue to do something that God has not told you to do. The blessing that you're doing or the spiritual things that you're doing, it seems like it does not add up because sometimes sin brings on a stronger consequences. And we don't understand the word of God says a little bit of living destroys the good work that you've done. And God gave me this. I don't know who this is for. It says when you push, your, push yourself in other people's lives, you have to conform to their will, their way, their likes, their lifestyles. That may not be conducive to your life or will. And I looked at the word conducive. It says right here, making a certain situation or outcome likely or possibility. A lot of times we want to get outside of the will of God and conform to things that we're trying to push ourselves and other people's life. I was counseling somebody and God brought this to me. And I was going to tell you, you got to be in a place that you stop pushing yourself in other things and other matters that God has not ordained for you. 
And it says, when you are desperate for it to be needed or accepted, it says you are their play toy. They control your emotions. They control you when you're desperate. I looked up the word desperate. It says feeling or showing or involving a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad as to be impossible to deal with. And a lot of times we become desperate. And we don't understand. And I still want to say, you think it is the enemy on the outside that is betraying you. A lot of times it is in your house that is truly the enemy that's betraying you. I told you in this season, the enemy is within. That means it's coming through somebody that's in your house or it's coming through within yourself. And a lot of times we don't understand that a lot of things that is playing out in our lives now is due to the consequences of coming, of stepping outside of the will of God. And you don't understand that you brought the sword to your house. You got to understand something. We run here trying to blame the enemy. We're trying to blame the devil. We want to blame the house, the dog, the cat, and the rat, and the past, and the five-fold ministry. But a lot of times, you've got to understand something. They give you the word. Whether they live up to the word or not, God sent the word, and you got to learn how to take some things in their spiritual realm, and that you walk it out. And a lot of times, what's going to cost a whole lot of people to miss heaven is the fact that they are looking at the five-fold ministry or the pastor, because the pastor didn't walk it out. That means I'm not going to walk it out, and I can just do what I want. The grace that the God gives the pastor may not give you the same grace. And you got to understand something. Willfully sinning is dangerous. And a lot of times we're willfully sinning. Sometimes we can sin and don't understand that it's really sin. But when you plan and plot in your heart to sin, that's the dangerous. That's the consequences of certain things that we got to walk out in our lives. I'm going to be in 2 Samuel. The 12th chapter, the 13th chapter. And I'm going to be dealing with the sin of David, what he made with Bathsheba, and the murder that he plotted in his heart, how to get rid of Uriah. And I want to tell you something. I looked up the name Bathsheba, and it means daughter of the oath. And it says bath means daughter. The word Sheba either means seven or to swear. Uriah means my light is Yahweh, flame of God. And a lot of times we don't understand our names have significant meanings of what it is and how we place some things out in our lives. But I wanted to run Take that by you and run this by you so you can write these things down. And hopefully that God will give you a revelation within yourself. And this is the hour that you need to hear the voice of God for yourself. And you need to understand and know the voice of God. Because his voice is not like no man. And God speaks in many and various different ways. And what is happening in this hour, the people don't understand that the enemy in this season is within because they don't know the voice of God. They know the voice of themselves. And a lot of times your will is above God's will. And you want to know why God has got you in this place that you're not prospering spiritually. And you've got to understand this season that we're in, you need to prosper spiritually and not naturally or financially. You've got to understand these things that's going on in this life and what is happening in this season. This is a very critical season for those that's walking upright. This is a very critical season for the lukewarm Christian. You've got to come into a place 
will and not in your desires. I brought this to my house. The 11th chapter, 2 Samuel. Now it came to, to pass in the spring of that year. At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rehoboth. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened on one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. Now, it's hard for me to believe that he did not know that this woman was Uriah's husband. You got to understand something. Any king, everybody that works with the king, especially high up, you got to understand Uriah had a position. He was a high-ranking soldier. And you got to tell me that they didn't have some type of um, gathering, a function, a festival that he did not know. So a lot of times you want to act like you don't know something. But David knew who this woman was. He just seized the opportunity. You cannot tell me that Uriah was this type of general in his army and that he did not know his family. Come on now. Everybody knows that when you go there to the White House, everybody in Obama's and everybody's in Obama's cabinet knows each other and their family members. Everybody that was in Trump's um, cabinet knew each other. Everybody in Biden's cabinet knew each other. And they know their family members. One way or another. So David said and inquired about the woman, and someone said, it is not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam. It said, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent message, messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he laid with her. For she was cleansed from the impurities, and she returned to her house. Listen to this. David is already playing. Yes, he made inquiries, but he already knew. Whether before this situation even happened, when you're making inquiries of something, you already know. But he had already seen Bathsheba. And a lot of times our eyes causes us to lust after things that we shouldn't lust after. And it causes us to be curious because when we're in a place that we're not hearing the voice of God or we're out of the place of God, we start wondering. We start doing all type of things that we should not be doing because you got to understand our idle mind is the devil's workshop. And a lot of times you don't understand how we get off course because when we get off course, we get off focus of God. We're not minds and not staying on God. And the word of God says those that keep their mind on God, he won't keep them in perfect peace. David was not in a place of a peace. He was a restless spirit wandering around and being somewhere that he should not have been. He should have been fighting in the war because it was a time and a season that all the kings went out to war. David had other underlying issues that was going on prior to this. And a lot of times you want to think that this thing just happened upon you or that was or something that just all of a sudden dawned and it up, springed out some other type of way. A lot of times your spirit is at rest, is not at rest and you're wondering. So it was just the right opportunity for you to take advantage to do your will because you cannot say that this thing just fell upon you. No, Satan works over a period of time. And a lot of times because our minds are idle in the natural realm that because we're 
running away from his purpose. And when God is not speaking, that means you can turn your head from the altar. But you got to keep your face and your mind and your spirit on the altar and the things of God at all times. You cannot be wondering in this hour. There's a strong delusion that's going on. And you don't understand what Satan is trying to do. Because your mind is not focused on God. God is speaking. But are you listening to the will of God? And a lot of times the will of God is different than your will. But because God is a gentleman, he does not force himself on you. God has sent warning signs before you fall. What kind of God will we be when he does not send the warning signs? And a lot of times when we get the warning signs or we figure out what the wandering sign is, should I say, it's too late. You done already committed the crime. And it says, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Now you trying to tell me this was the season? For David not to be out there fighting at war? Sometimes the enemy knows when it's right opportunity for you to conceive sin. He knows when it's the right opportunity. But sometimes our desires are so strong. And we get into a place that we're going to play it out. And then when we see the result of our sins, then we come into a place that we plot and try to figure out how to cover it up. You can cover with man, but you cannot cover with God. And let's go on down. Then David sent to Jael, saying, send me Uriah, the flame of God. My light is Yahweh. So you're going to find out that Uriah names has significant meaning because he's sending for the frame of God and he don't understand what he's doing. A lot of times David is trying to cover up stuff, but God is always light years ahead of us. I didn't tell you 10 or 15 because God does not work in years. Years and years and hours and, and days and months are for us because we got to keep track of time. God does not have to get track of time because he is time. And a lot of times we don't understand that. So David goes in and sends for the flame of God. And the flame of God is going to manifest. But you're going to find out something about God. Huh? He does not conform to your will. And when David can't get Uriah to do what he wants, then he plots and plans. But God, because he does not deal in man's time, he's already light years ahead. When Uriah had come to him, David asked him Joab was doing and how the people were doing. And he was doing something called proper, which means small talk. See how we small talking? But in our mind, the bigger picture. So that means he's not, when you're in a place of deception, that means you're cunning everybody else around you. 
And see, we don't understand how God sees about deception. One thing about deception, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it grows, and you want to figure out how did the sword come in my house? How did I bring this about? You got to understand something. The enemy, the children of God, are not wiser than the children that's out there in the world. And you need to understand something. If you're God and called by God, and God's got a calling in your life, and God has put that anointing in you, you are a child of light, and a child of light will never understand fully the darkness of this world because you're not the child of this world. We are the children of light. The children that's out there in the world are the children of darkness. When you accept that Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to understand something. It transforms you into a spiritual light. But yet we're trying to walk double-minded. We're trying to walk into a place that we don't understand. But yet you're trying to take your ignorance into a place of darkness. And how can darkness comprehend the light? And you got to understand something. You got to understand something. When you come into Jesus Christ and you're born again, he says, I'm married to you. There's a covenant. There's a seal. And we don't understand that. We try to unseal things that God has already sealed. You got to understand something. We're sealed until the day of redemption. And then the judgment comes. And then that's when God does what he's going to do. You need to understand something. That's why you could be out there the world and somebody say you don't need to be here there's a light that God has always got a seal upon you and you need to understand that the children of light have a different type of purpose than the children of darkness but a lot of times when we want to go back to the things that God has brought us out of it just does not work even the worst why did you get saved because if your life was all of that out there in the world what drew you to Jesus Christ many come for many different reasons I came because I had need of him. And I saw that my life and the state that it was in, and I needed a savior, I needed somebody that was higher than a supreme being, higher than me to bring me out of whatever this sin nature I was in, or this predicament or this situation that caused me distress, that caused me to be desperate about some things and how I was conforming to different things in my life and how I was pushing myself into this crowd, how I was pushing myself into this clique, and I could not find Nothing that fit my personality. And I found myself conforming. I found myself doing all of these things. And a lot of times we're in the house of God and we want to do what we want to do. You need to understand something. You do not have rights to to the cross. You got to understand something. Jesus Christ owns the rights to the cross. You got to understand something. He's given us access. And access that means he's given us those things where we can move about in the rights that he's given us. The Almighty has the rights to, to come in and change the will of God. Nobody has the rights to come in and alter or to, nobody has the rights to come in and change what the word of God is saying. And we, a lot of times, we don't understand this. And when you go to Deuteronomy 28 chapter, it talks about the blessing and a cursing. You got to understand something. God has made itself plain and clear. And either you're going to be blessed or you're going to be cursed. And a lot of times we don't understand why God is not blessing us, but yet it seems like the cursing is running and rapid in our lives, running rapid in our bloodlines, running rapid in the church, running rapid in our jobs. Why? Because you got to look at what you're doing to bring these things about in your life. I brought this to my house. I did this to myself. And David is in a place that he's so far deep in this, in this deception that he's working. He doesn't even see what's down the road. A lot of times God tries to cut it off and tell you do not. And 
road and you can't see it. Let's go on on. Second Samuel 11 chapter, verse eight, and David said to Uriah, go down to your house, wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the house, from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king following him. You see how David is setting himself up. See, you're doing everything right, but your motives is wrong. You got to understand something. Deception is fully playing out. And the more you walk in this spirit of deception and covering up your wrongdoings, it gets bigger than you. That's when the times when it all comes out is greater. My sins are more greater than what I can bear. And a lot of times we don't understand how these things come upon us. We don't really understand that Satan and his his many devices. We don't understand how he comes in lurking and, and moving about and he understands spiritual things better than we do. And if you do not have the covering of God, it will not be protected. You have no protection outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we think that we got the right because we're saved. You don't have the right to anything. You have access because of Jesus Christ shedding his precious blood on Calvary and took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And God says, when you go back to the dead things, you crucify me all over again. And you take what I've done, Lord and void, and therefore you try to remove me. From a covenant that we already made in blood. And you need to understand that back in the day, the covenant was made in blood. And David is telling Uriah to go home. He's telling him to go and sleep with your wife. But Uriah is not doing what he wants. That's something about God. He'll fix it where you can't fully moving the way that you want. And then we try to move around or underneath God or over God, and I don't know why, or to the side of God. And this is what David is doing. He's moving all kind of ways because he's getting mad at Uriah because Uriah is not going to clean up his sin. And you got to understand something. We need to understand a lot of times we operate in this type of spirit and we get mad when God does not cover our sins, but yet we don't understand that we really mad at God. You just take it out on that person and you find out a way how to kill them and assault them in the spiritual realm but you don't understand that you're bringing a double-edged sword to your house and you need to understand what God is saying and doing in this hour in this season the enemy is within and my sins is more than what I can bear and this is what is happening we're getting mad at people but we don't understand that you're really mad at God because God is not doing what you want him to do. You need to understand something. If God don't do nothing else, he died and shed his blood on Calvary for your sins. And you got a way out that you would not touch hell. And you need to understand this because we're living in the last hour. And God is moving not by his power and by his might. He's doing signs and wonders all over the world. I don't know if you've ever been on the internet and looked. They're having... Um, 
flooding everywhere. They have an earthquake in divers places. There are rumors of wars and wars and everything else. You need to understand something. And the earth is moving and shaking because the footstep and the print of God is in the land. And he's moving, shifting land. You got to understand something. How do I move people? I have to move and shift in the earth and cause things to happen so people can run more towards me and not themselves. You need to understand about the footprint of God. You got to understand something. God is sending signs and wonders and God is moving and he's shifting his people by the movement of the earth. There was just something else that just happened. That the people was doing a Christmas service and the whole uh, block, a walkway just fell in and people just fell down. So you cannot say that God is not moving. You have not expanded your intelligence. You have not expanded your, uh, your rationality because all you can see is your sin. You got to understand something. The footprint of God is in the land. And you got to understand something. A lot of times we're so caught up in our spirit of deception that we do not see God moving. And God is moving at all times. Are you connected to the spirit of Christ? Are you connected to your selfish ways and your selfish ambitions? That is not going to play out. This is not the hour that God is going to send blessing, blessing, blessing. This is the hour that your heart should be towards the spiritual things of God. You need more power. You need more power. You need more power, Lord. Lord, what do I need? I need more power and how to hear your voice. So, going down to verse 14, 2 Samuel 14. So, David is trying to plan how to pull out the flame of God. He's trying to find out how to put water on this thing. And this is what is happening. We're always trying to put out the fire of God or the light of God in our lives. Then in the morning, it was so that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. He don't, un look at how he's getting deeper and deeper. That's something about sin. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And a lot of you good Christians, you don't even understand your ways are wicked. You need to understand something when Satan has stepped in a little bit, he'll cause you to do things and plot and plan all night long and you want to know why he done fed into your spirit huh? and you want to know why Satan done fed it. you were sleeping and you were not paying attention and you were not letting the angels guard your spirit all through the night huh? you stopped praying you stopped doing everything else and it was something else that was feeding you in the nighttime. and you need to understand something now when you get a belly full of something now it's full blown so look at how he's doing this And he wrote a letter saying, set Uriah on the forefront of the hottest battle. Do you see this? And retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. I want you to remember struck down because that's going to play a very significant role in the 12th chapter. A lot of times, when you strike something down, that's a hard blow. 
that's something that knocks you off course. That's a painful attack. And a lot of times, what we give out, we cannot take. Because it's more than what I can bear. So it happened while Joab besieged the city that he assist, assigned Uriah to a place where they knew they were vigilant men. Excuse me, violent men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the people of the servants of David fell and Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David all these things concerning the war. Let's go down to verse 20. If it happens that the king wrath rises and he says to you, why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? And this is what is going on. When we plot and plan against the things of God, I want you to hear this. And I want you to tell you, it says, who struck? It says, it says Amalek, the son of Jehoshaphat. Was it not a woman who cast a, a, say, a piece of a millstone on him from the wall so that he died? And go on and saying this. And let's go down to verse 26. David and Bathsheba marries. So he calls himself taking Bathsheba in because of the death of her son, because of the death of her husband. But it was really to cover his sins. You got to understand something that baby's in the belly and is growing. So the enemy's telling him, move quick. Because I got to cover this. So listen to this. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house. And she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. I want you to hear this. Now David has done all of these things and God has blessed him. And if God does not send a prophet, you are still going to continue to go on because Satan has covered you totally. That's why when people get in sin, it's hard for them to turn backwards except by the hand of God. Let's go down to 2 Samuel 12th verse. Then Lord sends a prophet named Naaman to David. And he's talking to David. See, because David is so far up in himself, he doesn't get the, the way God is using the prophet to talk to him in a roundabout way. And so David is going to pretend to be a righteous man or a righteous king, but yet his hands are dirty and it's got bloodshed. 
And then this is one of the things why God did not allow him to build the temple. You cannot build the temple when you've killed and had bloodshed on you. And a lot of times we're trying to build our spiritual house, but yet we don't understand that we got bloodshed and that we are committing murder and all of these things. And you got to understand something. These attacks are coming spiritually. It's not what you're doing naturally because David was really nice to Uriah. He's bringing him food, got him to go home and do all of this. But what he was doing to Uriah spiritually, that's what God looked at. So God is sending a prophet. And let's hear what God is saying. And he came to him and said to David, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had, it says, exceedingly many flocks and herds. David could have picked from everybody. But why would you want a married man's wife, let alone somebody's in your regiment? But the poor man had nothing except one little wee lamb which had bought and nursed, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drunk from his own cup and laid in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. As a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd, to, says prepare one for the it says, wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. Isn't it strange how we can get mad at what somebody else is doing when we ain't seeing? I can see your wrongdoing, but I can't see my own. But yet in our sin, we don't want God to be mad at us or people to find out what we're doing. See, that's something about the enemy, how he plays tricks with your mind. Verse 5. And it says, against the man, and he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who had done this shall surely die, and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. You see how you could talk about somebody else, but really talking about yourself. He showed no pity or mercy towards Uriah, the flame of God, the light of God. And a lot of times our actions and what we're doing, we forget that we show God no pity or no mercy. But yet God is showing us pity and mercy all the time. You don't understand the consequences of your sins. You don't understand what you're really doing spiritually to the things of God. Because we crucify him all over again. And we don't understand that the things that we bring into our house, you don't understand the sword that you're causing to continue to stay at your house. Even though you ask God to forgive you, but some things you got to walk out because of what you've done over a period of time. God may have mercy on you 25,000 times, but when you get down to the 25,000 and one time, that's when the sword comes. And you cannot say that God judges us for everything that we do because we will never come up from sin. We will never come up from hard times. We will never come up because I've known God to still bless why you're still in your mess and you need to understand that God is changing things because we've taken God for granted we've taken everything 
that God is doing for us so lackadaisical and it's like we just supposed to, he just supposed to do it and we just supposed to have it. We become so self-centered people in the house of God. We become so self-centered people in the mindset of God and his word and we take his word and use witchcraft. And we pull in all kind of portions and, and, and all kind of miracles and anything that we want to happen. And we don't understand we're inverting the word. And that's why we're inverting. That's why a lot of times we're facing God, but yet we're walking backwards in God. And you don't even understand what the enemy is doing. And in your mind, that you're thinking you're moving towards God, but you're not. And that's why so many people in God are stagnated. They're in a place, they're going to church, they're paying their tithes and their offering, but yet they're not moving towards the things of God. They're not moving towards the altar. They're not moving towards righteousness. And they want to know why that the spirit of Christ and the miracle working power and the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power is not moving in our lives. And we want to know why all of these things are happening. You don't have to go there but second. But Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 19, one of the things that comes out first, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are an adultery. There's something about marriage covenant. Even if you're not married and you're single, you're married to the Lord. There's something about a covenant with God. And a lot of times when we want to take on other lovers and take on other things in our life, we become married to that thing that is prominent in, in, in our lives, that's, that's dominant and that's really working in our lives. And we want to know why we're pushing ourselves here and we're trying to demand things here and how we're conforming to different things and people and everything that's happening in our life because you done took on another lover. And you commit an adultery with God. But yet you in the presence of God. You in the church of God. But yet in your mind, that's why the mindset is so bad in the church. That's why the phones and the internet is all so prevalent now. It's full of it because the people in the house of God don't even understand spiritual warfare. They don't understand what's coming through the TV, what's coming through the cell phone, what's coming through the internet. And you don't understand that you done picked up another level some kind of way. And then you want to know why God is backing up from you. Why the power and why the presence of God is not there. Because you done found something else to be in love with. And he says, I'm married to the backslider. But God says, you got something else in front of me. But you want me to step out when you want me to, to bless you and to do whatever you want me to do. How can I when you are committing adultery against me? I brought this to my house. How do I get the sword out of my house? People are not repenting no more. They're doing lip service. But there's no true repentance means that I am not going to be in love with this thing no more. We know how to fall in love, but we don't know how to fall out of love. That's why you'll stay in something bad before you stay in something good. A good man which is Jesus Christ, you ain't gonna want to deal with him because you feel like he's a pushover. He's not a challenge, but a lot of times your challenges get you the sword in your house. See how the world teaches us how to be rebellious, how to be stiff-necked, hard-headed towards the things of God. We're red where 
God wants us to be, but we're not getting what God wants us to get because we got too many other lovers in our lives. And we don't understand why God is not moving. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to go there, but I'm going to go to Romans 8 and 38. It says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. But we allow in all of these things to separate us. We got too many lovers in our lives. We have committed adultery. But we want to look at David and think, oh, that's just one isolated incident in the Bible. But yet you don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand the adulteryness that's in you. You don't understand how you've fallen out of love with God and you only want to pick him up when you want to. I've been in a place in my life when I was young growing up. I had two or three bar friends and I had this one for this one, this one for that one, this one for that one. I've been there and done that. So you can't even say this. I understand it. But now that I found the true love of my life. I'm not going to let nothing separate me. In this season, the enemy is within, and I'm glad that God is showing me myself. I'm not worried about what is happening in the church. I'm not worried about what is happening in somebody else's vineyard. I'm worried about what God is saying that I need to clean up in my life. I'm worried about these things that God is saying that I'm connected to or I'm in love with that I can get myself together. It's not about anybody else in this hour. It's about my relationship with God, my true love, how to build up these things. But yet, we allow these things to enter into our lives. And we don't understand it. How did my life end up like this? You think the enemy is on the outside that's betraying you, but it's inside. It is inside. In this hour, I see so many church people, not only the separation, but I see so many people in the house of God dying in the house of God because they have no true relationship with God. They have no true understanding, and their lack of understanding is so limited that they don't understand that the voice that they're hearing is not the voice of God because they have not been trained. They have not... Um, worked on their relationship with God. You need to understand something. Why? He said, my sheep know my voice, no other will they follow. Why are there so many voices in your head? Why are you so mixed up? Why are you so confused? You need to understand something. When you go to Deuteronomy, one of the things that Deuteronomy 28 chapter tells you in verse uh, 20 says, the Lord will send you a cursing, confusion, and rebuke in all that you set your hands to do until you are destroyed, until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doing in which you have forsaken me. And we don't understand this. Only the people of God that's going to be saved in this last hour in the book of Revelation, Revelation tells you that those that are sealed And you need to understand something, the enemy within or the enemy that's within your surroundings or your or group, that they can unseal you. What do you mean by that? If I'm sealed by God, how can I get unsealed? Because of who you're hanging around with, because of what you don't want to separate yourself from. How can the 11, a little bit of 11 destroy something? You need to understand something. It's about your surroundings. It's about what's inside of you. The enemy is close by. Why do you 
A lot of times we're running towards confusion, war, raging. And we don't understand the consequences. 28 and 28 of Deuteronomy said, And the Lord will strike you with madness and blindness, confusion of heart. And that's prevalent in the land today. I bought this to my house. The sword is in my house. Let's go back to 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. Verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. We forget what God has done. In the Old Testament, when they, God does something great, they make a memorial. That's why some people, when they walk in with God, they always remember the day that they got saved. They, they, that's a memorial to them. They can tell you the day, time, and hour. Because it was a turning point in their life. I can always remember. I can't remember the day that I was saved, but I can remember when I joined the military, November the 30th, 1987. I will always remember that because that was a turning place in my life. you your master's house and your master's wife into your keepings and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. It says, and that had been too little, I would have also given you much more. Why have you despised the commandments of the Lord? Why have you forsaken my word? And we think God gives us so little. But a lot of times we ask for the wrong reasons. Because God's love was so great for David. He raised him from out of nothing. And this is what is happening in the church house today. God done blessed us so much. And we have despised his commandments, his laws, and what he's told us. And now the whole house of Judah is compromising. Then you look at the president bringing sin in, but you don't want to look at you bringing sin into your own house. That's why it's important for the, for the uh, men and women of God that's holding up the word of God that we continue to be gatekeepers in this hour that sin does not enter into the throne room of God. When I tell people there's an altar here, they look at you crazy because they're looking for something natural that they can connect to. But God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the closer the altar becomes, or the greater the altar becomes in the house of God, the more purified that the men and women of God that's carrying the word of God has to pull away. They have to let go of this. They have to let go of this. And the more you let go of the world and the things thereof and fought, falling in love with all of these other adulterous type of things in our life, the more prevalent and the power of God and the signs and wonders are going to be manifested in this last hour because of the presence of God that is in the house. And a lot of times we don't understand this. And God is rebuking David. A lot of times God don't have to 
curse you. He reminds you where he brought you from. And that'll make you more smaller than anything. To do evil in the sight, you have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Amen. The sword shall never depart from your house, good God Almighty. Even though David is going to repent, you better thank God for Jesus Christ. You need to thank God for his shed blood. That is shadow carry for your sins. That you don't have to walk it all the way out. The Cushite carried the cross half the way. Jesus carried it in the beginning, and then the Cushite picked it up in the middle. And then Jesus picked it up in the end. Please get the revelation. You ain't got to carry it all the way. If you could just give it over to God and let him fix it. Let him work it out. He'll do it. Because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. God said you have despised me. You have rejected me. But we don't want to look at our sins and our deception that we walk in as despising God and rejecting him. Because all you can see is your way and how I'm going to get out of it, how I'm going to cover it up, how I'm going to smile and grin and chime in front of everybody else. But yet, God is already dealing with you. God was dealing with David, but David shook it off and God had to send a prophet. I told you God would deal with you before he sends a prophet. And when he sends a prophet, the prophet is coming with judgment. But if you would have gave it to God in the beginning. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up, it says, adversaries against you from your own house. Verse 11, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the, it says, of the sun. It says, for you did it in secret, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. It comes into a place that God just openly brings it out. But if you would have let him deal with you in the beginning, while you were out of mind, while your mind has strayed away from God because God was not speaking, you became idle, you became anxious, and, and you started going out doing your own plan and doing all of this stuff. Oh, but when you look at the consequences, I didn't see that in the beginning, but God saw it in the beginning. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also have put away your sin. You shall not die. Good God Almighty. Can't nobody put away your sin. A lot of times the people we done wrong, we're trying to run behind them. 
and put our sins away. But the only person can put your sins away is Jesus Christ, and that's under the blood. And we push ourselves in other people's lives. Because we're trying to let them, we're trying to drown out what we've done to them. And then we're constantly trying to conform. We become play toys to them. Because we're trying to do it ourselves. We're desperate. So many people running behind folks because what we done to them. So many people do it to their children. They do it to the pastor. They do it to the mama. They do it to the daddy. They do it to the husband. They do it to the friends. They do it to the colleagues on the job. And we run it because we desperate. We just want to change their mind about me. We become compulsive. And we continue to make a bigger mess. Instead of just getting to a quiet place with God. And, and we don't understand that we're constantly chasing after something. And when you're constantly putting your whole energy trying to chase and make something right, they become your adulterous lover. That's what you become your whole focus on. Instead of, and you lose focus of God because you're focused on trying to cover up your sins. Look at what happened to David. And when they reject us, we come up with another plan and another plan and another plan. And it just continues to grow until God stops us. I brought this to my house. And we don't understand this. Let's go on down. It says, however, because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also will, who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house, and the Lord struck the child. Remember I told you struck. God's got a way of striking us. He get us where it hurts. I never seen so much in this hour about it's so much even with the people of God, the men and women of God, they having problems in where? In their house. They're not complaining about their they job. They're not complaining about food. They're not complaining about cars. They're complaining about their household is on fire. George Meyer said the war is in the mind. But who brought the war to the mind? Disobedience. Me willfully sinning. David therefore pleaded with the Lord for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. You trying to pray it out now. Hey. Sometimes God turned it around. Then sometimes God turned it around in the middle. Sometimes God turned it around and turned it around is you learning a lesson from it. But look what you lost. 
This is another thing that God gave me. Death does not mean the innocent lives all the time. Death sometimes means that the sinner lives so they can get themselves in a place of repentance. A lot of times we don't understand that. And I'm going to close with this. King David family suffered for what their father had done. Incest by rape, murder. Because Tamar's brother got mad. Murder was in David's house. Look what happened. Did he take Bathsheba by force? Did he commit murder? And Absalom was a form of rebellion. When we talk about the Absalom spirit, that's a form of rebellion. David was rebelling against who? The Lord. I brought this to my house. The sword is in my house. In this season, the enemy is within. I pray that something has been said and done. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray amen.